brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is The Outsiders. The Outsiders. The podcast that features insight from journalists that were covering the sport since it was a spectacle. Get ready for analysis from two former MMA insiders turned outsiders. Real experts qualified to give you a no-holds-barred perspective that's as real as it gets. Here are the Outsiders, outsiders Josh Gross and Jeff Sherwood. Welcome to The Outsiders. I am Josh Gross, joined as always by Jeff Sherwood. Jeff, how are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Doing doing great. Great. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Hanging in there. <laughs> Like a wide it was a, it was a busy seven. week. I was like sick, and mm. you know, I got a camera put up my butt, and I know, uh, like all these weird things. But uh, we'll skip it. Like it was, we'll pretend to it's never happened. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. You're well, here. You survived. We know it. The good, the good news is we get to eat a lot of food on Thursday. Uh, yeah, Thanksgiving. You're gonna go have a turkey sandwich? Uh, not a turkey sandwich. No, I enjoy the the traditional turkey dinner on uh, on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I figured now that you have a girlfriend, like your holidays are a little more uh, a little different than they used to be. Not really. I drag her along <laughs> to my stuff. Last year we drove out to Colorado to see my brother and, and spend time with his family. This year we're gonna just go out um, with my mom. Yeah, it's small, like a family in LA, small. So yeah, uh, we'll do Christmas with her. That's good. That's good. It, it would be nice to be able just to go somewhere sometimes, you know, for Thanksgiving dinner. We always have a lot of people over here, and I cook tons of food, and everyone comes over, and then by the end of the day, it's just like, it's nice to have family and shit over, but by the end of the day, it's even nicer when you close the door and the last one's gone. Is that for bad? Sure. No, that's like the most satisfying part, right? <laughs> you did it. You know, you, everything happened as you wanted it to happen. Everybody had a good time, and then you like they left, and you're like, "Wow, good." Yeah. Jeff, for a while, right? As long as my turkey turns out good, that's the only thing that uh, that I care about. So sure, does you deep fry it, right? You still do no, that? No, no, no. You did for a while though. We no, we only did it once and almost I, burned the backyard <laughs> down. So oh, I always forget that part. I yeah, always all, forget that. <laughs> all those videos you see of those people trying to deep fry turkeys, it's it's not it's not good and it's not easy. I mean, it it it's just scary. Like <laughs> why uh, do that? Why do people need to deep fry the fucking turkey? I don't it's know. like a gigantic bird, man. What what do you need yeah. to do that for when the oven is perfectly acceptable and it's just as juicy? You need it more juicy, right? 
No, well, well, I mean, if it's deep fried, obviously it's going to be, you know, way more juicy. Because I think a lot of people don't know how to cook a good turkey. Because I've had a lot of dry ass turkey in my day. Well, it happens. There's a skill to it. There's a skill to it. There is. I mean, there is. And, uh,. I, I must say mine's pretty damn good, but uh, I do a lot of things and I take a lot of extra time that a lot of people don't want to do. But uh, we went to that one famous deli in New York. You were with us, weren't you? Maybe. Me, you, Savage, and Carnegie Deli. Is that the name of it? Yeah. And I remember the sandwiches were like 40 but I don't even remember, but they were like humongous. Yeah. And I got a turkey sandwich, and it was all dry. Yeah, the, the deli turkey, you got to stay away from the deli turkey, man. Yeah, but I, I remember, like, Savage got, like, pastrami, and it was, like, yeah. the biggest fucking pastrami sandwich I've ever seen in my life. And then I look over my shoulder in, like, three and a half minutes, and he was, like, licking his <laughs> fingers. It was, like, 18 pounds of pastrami and two it pieces of bread. It didn't stop him. <laughs> no, no, and then that cheesecake slice that he ate out. Oh, he added that the, too. That's right, man. He added the cheesecake yeah, slice. Yeah, remember, on top like of everyone that. was like ready to puke, and they're like, "You guys want dessert?" <laughs> Hell no, I can't. I didn't even eat like a quarter of my sandwich. He's like, "Got cheesecake," oh, and it was like a whole. It was like a whole cheesecake in a basically the portion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was twenty five bucks or something. Yeah, it was crazy. I remember. I wasn't impressed. I mean, I get it. It was cool. It was cool to say. I can't even remember the place, but when I when I do, I guess I remembered it this time. You know, say, oh yeah, I went to that famous uh, deli in New York. Most of the time, I don't remember the name though, so it doesn't really mean anything. But when you were on the road for a fight, like, did was there? I guess maybe Royal Host kind of like is one, but like when when you would, no matter where you were, even like small fights, was there a particular place you always had to go to? Or it was I always remember like when we were in a certain place we always went to the same place you know what I mean yeah when, I, when I, we were in Vegas we always went to the Mandalay Bay and like you know Savage would get whatever he got down there what were you always what was raffles it? We, we, yeah. I would always get the potato soup the potato, the soup, potato soup was yeah but then they got amazing. rid of it remember yeah I know they they get rid of everything I like you're, you're sad. I don't know what I don't, I don't know what the deal is but uh, I always got the teriyaki chicken but Savage always got the same thing down there I forget what it was yeah who knows. Who knows, but uh, one of everything. Um, we used to go to the place where you make your own, like, bowl, Chinese bowl. Okay. And they cook it for you. Uh, gosh, what was the name of that? I forget the where, name where of that. Where was this? Um, Arizona, New Mexico. Uh, oh, so it was like a chain. Yeah, it was like a chain. It was Yoshinoya? really good, though. No, no, I, I do, I do dig Yoshinoya though. They don't have any of those anywhere around here, only down south. But uh, and then what's crazy is like the first Buffalo Wild Wings I ate at was in the Midwest. Same with me, like MMA related, totally. Yeah, and then so whenever we went to the Midwest, we went to Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. And then now they're here all over, and it's just like, eh, you know, it's 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 not even good. You know, I mean, it's okay, but I actually prefer Wingstop wings to Buffalo Wild Wings. But, um, yeah, Savage always wanted to go to Steak and Shake. Well, yeah, that was a Monty Cox favorite. Yes. If you you were hanging out with Monty Cox um, for an evening, you would end up there 100%. At 2.30 in the morning. 
Yeah, no, no matter what time it was, but yes. And they had those little fries. I remember, God, it seems like I'm bashing on Savage. I swear he would put 50 in his mouth at one time because they were like the little shoestring fries. Right. And we would like get our food because we'd go back to the hotel and he would have just like a big bag full of fries. And on all the way back to the hotel, he would just reach in and get like these massive handfuls of these little fries and just shove them in his mouth. So that's, that's, he loves steak and shake. I, I thought it was very, uh, very, very average. But, yeah. I don't remember being that impressed by it. No. Um, I'm hard to impress though, but yeah. um, if you're, if I'm with you and I'm the same camp as you, Jeff, um, we spent some holidays on the road too. I'm thinking it was Thanksgiving's coming up. I don't remember a lot of big fight weekends on Thanksgiving weekend. That's no. Saturday. No. No, I, I think for the most part, people kind of tried to, at least since used to travel so much doing the sport and stuff that I think people actually wanted to like spend Thanksgiving home with their family. So they kind of, the schedule kind of lightened up a little bit, but uh, well, well, we still have six, six UFCs before the end of the year. Really? I think, isn't that it? Probably. I'm think I, I I thought I I thought I saw that somewhere that there's that's six all right. more. They've been good. I mean, look, we we're going to talk this week about um, the card in Argentina. It was a good card. I liked it. I enjoyed. It. I thought it was there was interesting fighters to watch and um, potentially like some really interesting like contender prospects. So um, I, I had no problem with this card at all. It was fun. Yeah, I I mean, it, it was. <sighs> Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yep. Six cards left to end the year. And we're two at pay -per -views. Thanksgiving. Um, 231 and 32. Yeah. Yep. They're both really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to they're gonna end the year with a bang. Sure. You know, knock on wood, you know, that everything works out all right and you know, Jones doesn't crash into any trees or anything. Oh, or... you said it. <laughs> Jeff, you can't you can't say anything like that, man. <laughs> well, it seems like John Jones found a new friend. You know, because yeah. you, you saw Tell you me saw more. you saw Perry said, you know, John Jones told me, Don't worry about anyone else. Just worry about yourself and that's when I tweeted, Yeah. You probably shouldn't be taking advice from John Jones. I'm just saying. Like, I mean, really? Would you? Would you? Would you want some advice from John Jones, Josh? I think it really depends on the type of advice he'd be offering. But um, really, yeah. I don't think I would want advice on anything. Nothing. Nothing. John Jones couldn't help you in any area of. Life. I don't think I would even listen. Okay. But maybe I'm an asshole. No, he's, no. he's hurt my feelings too many times. Has he? Yes. I didn't know you were so emotionally connected to John Jones. What? Is, why? <laughs> no, not John Jones, MMA. Oh, I thought you said he. You know how many times that he's, you know, he's screwed all of us? Many. I'm confused. Is this MMA or John Jones? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I thought that was funny. I, I, I thought that was almost as funny as 
as Perry's video was him saying that uh, he's taking advice from John Jones now. So maybe John Jones told him what kind of choreography to do. <laughs> maybe John Jones was the film, the film. Guy. Yeah, he may have directed it. Yeah, maybe John Jones is going to come out with a video next. I sure hope so. <laughs> Do you think that somebody was walking around with a picture of John Jones when he was hiding under the cage going, have you seen this guy? Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Right. Allegedly hiding in the cage. Allegedly. So. I heard that from 30 people. but Yeah, yeah but you know, MMA can be a sewing circle. <laughs> that the is same true. Could, you, one person could call another person who calls another person, and they all sort of just feedback loop. Well, I said 30 people, and I did not count. Daniel Cormier as one of those people and he did tell me so I, I just yeah. marked him off because I figured he might have been a little biased yeah you know <laughs> there's stuff it's like it's, there are like rumors about people and stuff goes around about people you know oh always you know? always has been that's what's great I, I never heard anything bad about you though Jeff I, has anyone has anyone ever heard anything bad about you yeah uh, no. I'm you know, I, no. You, you, we, we say that as a joke and we joke about that, but I honestly think that is one, <clears throat> that is one thing that I've been able to do is pretty much keep, um, a good reputation. Like, I'm sure there's a couple people out there that are like, yeah, that guy's kind of a jerk or, or whatever. But I don't think there's too many people that are really connected in the sport that if you went and asked them, you know, what kind of guy I was or if I was an asshole or whatever, I don't think you'd find very many people, if anyone, that would say, yeah, he is. Um, I guess not too, Jeff. I don't know. Yeah, not even Dana White. I don't even think Dana White would. No, no, I don't think, I don't think he would. Even though we're enemies for life. Now, you feel like you're enemies for life, or you feel like that's just like, I mean, that's just coming from one side? I just you... figured that that was just another thing that Dana threw out, like so many things. Because now I'm expecting Cowboy Cerrone to fight Conor McGregor next, because Dana White said that's absolutely false and ridiculous. Well, I hope it is. So usually that, that means that, that that's what's happening. Would you rather watch Conor McGregor fight Donald Cerrone in a... MMA fight in the cage, or would you rather see Khabib Nurmagomedov box Conor McGregor? Because hmm, it a... sounds like that their family, like this, is what they're talking about now. Really? I saw something online somewhere. Oh wow, I didn't see that. Could be fake news. I don't That's know. interesting. Um, is it? Not interesting, as in good that I would love to see that. Um, because I think. It's pretty obvious in a boxing only, even though Khabib was able to drill Conor McGregor a couple times, I think Conor messes him up in striking only. But yeah, I I mean, there's lots of other fights out there I I think that I'd rather see than him box Khabib or fight Cowboy Cerrone. Right. I don't. I don't understand the, the the only thing that why this is even talked about is because the economics of MMA don't work for the fighter. 
the economics of boxing do. Right. And so that's why you do a boxing fight because you people all of a sudden know your name. They'll what the fuck do people care that fights a fight? They'll tune in to watch you fight MMA or tune in to to watch you fight boxing. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people will. So uh, they can sell it as uh, oh, Khabib wrestled Connor in the first fight, and you know now he can't <laughs> wrestle him. It's all stand right. up. Let's see what happens. You I mean, know, they, they could they could do that. Yeah, and I mean, we would all watch it. Yeah, probably. It's two notable, highly stylized and charismatic fighters in their prime with history. Yeah, we'd watch that. Yeah, because I think I, people but, are going to watch Tito Chuck. Well, maybe. I'm going to go. They just lowered the price of the pay-per-view. What, is that? what do you think that says? Yeah, they're doing some uh, Black Friday special, right? I, I guess. I, I just saw that it said they, they lowered the price. I didn't read up never, on it, but uh, never, never really a good luck for a fight promotion company to do that. Yeah, but I did see Oscar say that both of these guys will make more money than they've ever made. Well, they've had they've both had to have some pretty good paydays. Say this thing does a hundred thousand pay per views, hundred thousand people out there. I think that's a, I think they'll do that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 Tito I, Ortiz and Chuck Liddell. I was guessing you know. about one twenty five. Okay. I was just going to re go real low for it. I wasn't saying it was 100. I was just saying real low. If it, if it does 100,000, the pay-per-view, I mean, I guess they're cutting the thing in half. So I don't know. You know, the, the original price was 50 bucks, mm -hmm. right? You know, it's, you start getting into the economics of it. Um, it it's – I don't – is it the most they've ever made on one particular fight? Maybe the most that they've officially ever made. You know, wouldn't surprise me if both of them got – cut really big checks by Zufo along the way after a fight that weren't on the books. Right. You know? Especially Chuck. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Some of those guys made good money on pay-per-view. I mean, it's, 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 it's a hard thing for, for me to sort of understand. Um, I'm going to go to the press conference on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. and I, I may ask to understand that better. Um, but, that once I realized that I'm going, I started looking at the press material and the interviews and some of the stuff they said. You know, we give uh, we give Tito a little shit, Jeff. Mm -hmm. You know, once in a while. I you sure because, do. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of because like <laughs> we're we were there when he was like there. He was a snot nosed kid, you know, and like it's right. Tito Ortiz. Right. You know, that's how you know him. Mm -hmm. Um. But uh, I, I was going through one of these videos that was put out by Golden Boy, like uh, for media purposes as promotional tools. It's this 22-minute video on camera. Um, I watched it through. So like 21 minutes in, the guy, the the person doing the interviewing is like, "All right, thank you very much." You you know, having done interviews like that, like almost guaranteed, when someone thinks the they're not being interviewed anymore. They, they relax a little bit and just mm -hmm. sometimes give like the best answers or the best statements that they have the entire interview. You know that. You've, that's happened to you, right? Yeah, I always used to leave the camera going. Of course. Of course. But I wouldn't camera. use that stuff unless I asked them later. Right. You'd have to say, hey, by the way, is that okay if I use that? But right. you always knew and I was always on tape. Like I sometimes I would be uh, – not intentionally, but it would be like I'd hope that they would say something after I said, okay, we're done. You know, because there was always like a nugget in there. It's weird. I don't know why that happened. So Tito, we give him so much shit. I wanted to play this quote by Tito. And um, he, he he's like, I thought he was like thoughtful and eloquent and like intelligent. Like, and so I just want to 
like play this. And then just so the rest of us can be happy, Jeff, you can describe the other clip that I sent you. Okay. <laughs> just so okay. just to round out the full picture. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. I thought that was nice. He just wants to be a good person. Some of it towards the end, it's like go, when Tito talks too long, sometimes you you know drift off. Right, you should really... stop after a little while. Because you, you could have followed that up exactly at that point where he says, I just want to be a good person, followed by the clip that you sent me that he says, I just want to outlive my kids. Right. Well, that was <laughs> – Chuck put that out. Right, I don't know where that came and from. That was, was that really was... like closely exactly. cropped, like <laughs> sound of soundbite. Right, Tito in this one that you just heard said that uh, you know he wants to be a role model for his kids for when he's gone. That they you know right. so that's good. Every dad should. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and he says he does everything to the extreme. He he pushes himself to the limits. I I can definitely vouch for that. Same. I mean. I used to go watch Tito train back in the day and there would be a trash can in the corner yeah. and he would train, throw up, put the trash can back, train some more, throw up again. I mean, he would just push his body to the limits that, uh, you know, there are very few people that I've seen train that hard um, or at least throw up that much. Unless you count before a fight, then you could add Paul Buntello in there. But uh, yeah, it was uh, Tito definitely did push uh, push his body to to the to the limits. So I mean, he got the most out of it as possible. There's no, I saw him do that a hundred times. That was normal for him. Yeah. Um, to to throw up. I actually always took it as like, wow, this is someone who's really pushing themselves, and he was. But I also think for Tito, it was just the thing he did too. It became like a like a psychological tick or something for him. Like, he almost had to throw up at every training session, you know? Yeah, maybe. And there are um, some people that, uh, you know, they throw up. Uh, yeah, but he, he did it. I, he also, in this interview, he mentioned, like, for him, uh, when he trained, his intensity level was one of three things was going to happen. He was going to throw up, he was going to pass out, or he was going to die. That's what he said, <laughs> which I think is great. Well, good and, thing he uh, just threw up every time. Right, and that's what he said. He said, I've never, obviously, I'm not dead. <laughs> He didn't say that. He didn't say that. But obviously he's not dead. And 
um, he said he never passed out. So he's only thrown up, which is, you know, pretty, pretty good. He's got to up the intensity, Tito. You got to pass out at least once. Right. He, he went through a laundry list, man, of the, the surgeries he's had. Um, I mean, the stuff on his spine, it's like insane. Mm-hmm. You know? Crack skull. Did he get that fixed? Um, I think so. <laughs> so, so with all that being said, yeah. Um, who do you think is going to win this thing? Well, let's all right. So we're talking about this. Let's talk about this fight because we, we really didn't talk about Argentina or anything, but we can talk about it now. Yeah, we can go um, back and talk about Argentina. Sure, sure. Uh, I don't. Tito can still fight. Tito has done everything he can to maintain his athletic ability, his power, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Chuck's been doing the last six years or whatever. Mm-hmm. What's Chuck been doing, Jeff? Uh, spending time with his family. Okay. You got a lot of reports for, of him working out? Um, There were some. Right. When there it, was it started coming, but... there was talk about like he wanted to fight again. There was someone yeah. that coming out. Yeah. Yeah, so... I, I don't know. And, and you know, we we don't really know what goes on. You know, unless we're say. there with him. He's he's put in this camp with the uh, the McKees. Yes. Which I think is good. They'll get him in shape. Look, this is what this is what we have to know about Chuck Liddell. He still hits hard. Mm-hmm. Power doesn't go away when you get older. And slower, not really. Not if you generate and throw power the way that Chuck does. He's very natural power. Right. It's just coming a little slower. A little bit slower. And I think the difference is that he won't be as accurate. Chuck was always a very accurate puncher, and he could do it moving forward or back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably that's going to be tough for him. You know, to got a be big that. target though. Big target, sure. <laughs> One he's hit before. Right. I mean, is Tito? What's Tito going to try and do? Here's the thing with the per- first two fights, right? The first two fights, it felt inevitable. It's like Tito can't stand with Chuck. Right. And then Tito really never was – got that close taking Chuck down. He didn't yeah. – He didn't. sometimes even tried, stood up with him like a weird, like, I can prove I can strike with you thing. Yeah. And then – well, then – and back in the day, Chuck was really hard to take down. Of course he was. And, and yeah. you had to get in close, and Tito didn't really want to get in that close. So, but it might be different now. The distance. Well, I don't know if it is or not. I mean, look, the first fight, uh, nothing much happened in the first round, and then Tito kind of got thumbed. Remember, mm-hmm. he got a thumb in the eye, and then he got knocked out in the second round. Mm-hmm. The second fight, there, again, it was just like, just seemed inevitable that Chuck was going to catch him. Right. And um. But now I think it's, I I, I think this is the fight that. Well, then what's like, changed? Mm. What's changed so much between them? Because it was it, the wide-held belief amongst almost everybody was that Chuck Liddell had Tito Ortiz's number. Mm-hmm. Does he? I mean, does the time away change that? Does does the what they're I don't, what changes that here? I don't know. I, I think that people are just guessing, kind of like what you alluded to at the beginning, is that Tito's still been in the game. Chuck's been away. So, you know, I don't think a quarterback could take a couple years off and come back and be as as good as he was before. 
Right. And remember, let's how good was this quarterback when he left? Yeah. You know, what wasn't wasn't going out really at the highest level. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was starting to it was starting to go downhill. It was way downhill. Yeah. Way downhill at the end. Um. But so then what, what, Tito's kind of stayed in it. Yeah. So then, what's the best? I mean, I don't know. Best. What's the outcome here? I don't. I don't know. I think if what's, Tito's going to win one, this is the one that he can win. Well. That's, because you like to think that, or at least I'm assuming, and I could be totally wrong because you know what they say about assuming, is that. No. What do they say? Tito's body. What do they Even say? though he's, I'm going to make an ass out of you and me, oh, um, that even though he's had all these surgeries and everything, but like fight mode, like his body is still in it a little bit more than Chuck's. Look, here's the, here's the thing for the promotional videos that I was talking about. Okay. And the, fo- they did, they had photo spreads and like promotional materials, like videos. Uh huh. Um, Tito's was like Ortiz workout B-roll, Ortiz trainer soundbite, and then a Tito interview, okay? Pretty mm-hmm. pretty basic. Mm-hmm. Chuck. Oh, hold on. What happened to the videos? I had it all lined up here. I screwed this whole thing up. Yeah, what are you doing? I messed it up. Damn it. I messed it up. Were you going to play more video? No. Oh, okay. I don't know what I did. Go on without me. This is embarrassing. <laughs> well, you were explaining a point. You were saying <laughs> that Tito had all these things, and then you got like you were going to explain what they did with Chuck, like it was something different. Like maybe instead of showing Chuck working out like they showed Tito, they just showed Chuck like hanging out at the, you know, Physical the therapy office. Or so, yeah. Yeah. Because that's where they were. <laughs> there was like three videos of Chuck at the physical therapy office. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, you and, don't and usually see that in promote. You don't see that in promotional tools for fights too often. Right. That's, that's the message there. Chuck. Chuck's getting ready. Maybe Chuck's just fucking with Tito, though. Tito's starting to think so. He even said it. Well, he said he didn't believe it. He thought Chuck was sandbagging, right? Right. I like these are like old school ball players like playing mind games, right? right? Is that where we're at here? I mean, you know, Chuck's Chuck's a smart guy. A lot of people seem to think otherwise, but Chuck's always been a smart guy, so uh and, and he, now he could really, you know, fuck with Tito's head. If Tito's already thinking it a little bit, you know, because, you know, Tito's I I don't know. I don't right. want to say it. So here, the the there's five videos for Chuck. Okay. Okay. The first the first one is Doctor Durjaya Rajanya. Sorry to butcher that name. I haven't uh, listened sure to the interview. He's not a listener. Um, Liddell doctor visit B roll. Liddell interview. Liddell physical therapy B roll. Hmm. Liddell workout B roll. So I don't know what the fine doctor has to say. I should be listening to this before uh, <laughs> I go to the press conference tomorrow. Right. Well, how because long, they have long? to get extra physicals and stuff. I mean, they they have to go through a little bit more than 
the normal guys. Oh, hold right? on, Jeff. He's going to explain to us what we're doing here. This is 42 seconds, okay? Oh, okay. Make sure put it put it a little closer this time. It's called uh, TDCS, which stands for transcranial direct current stimulation. And what we do is basically we're priming his neuron. So there's certain areas of the brain that are active when he's recalling, you know, certain fight moves, those types of things, reflexes, um, things that he's learned. This helps him to kind of recall that faster. It kind of allows those neurons, those neural networks and the pathways to, to recall faster, fire faster, and just move faster. And also when he's learning new sequences, new movements, those types of things, it helps him to learn it faster. So it basically is like a, a treatment that we do before the, the training, and then um, and then it should, it should see the benefit throughout his training. Did you get that? Like that some or? kind of witch doctor? <laughs> the, okay, the you can't see. You guys can't see the video, but just so I'll inform you what I'm looking at as uh, as we're listening to this. Uh huh. Chuck Liddell is sitting in the background wearing a like a blue baby blue tank top, and uh. he's wearing like a device on top of his head. It looks like something from like Total Recall, right? <laughs> okay. And he's talking to this woman, and she's a redhead. And the conversation, as I make it out, is Chuck explaining to her, "I'm Chuck Liddell. I'm a professional fighter. I've, I've been fighting forever." Like this is this is a woman like she'd never heard, never knew who Chuck Liddell was, and he was mm. talking about who he was. But this guy is apparently gonna help Chuck's brain work faster. He's gonna try and turn him into a robot. Maybe that. Maybe that's so great. he just so reacts. Doesn't so, but it said like fire to like capture some of that old speed. That's what they were talking about. So this is like a concern for Chuck. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I really yeah. like ha- I've had mixed feelings about this fight and like how much I wanted to be around it and then like the newspaper asked if I go cover it. It's like of course I'm gonna go cover it, right? Right. And I, I feel glad to do that. Is that I'm guessing there are not too many people who are gonna be there who've covered all three fights. Probably true. Right. So that, I, I kinda felt like, oh I should go. I should I should f- see what this is about. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, I, I don't but I just have I just have weird vibes around it like this stuff i don't know what this interview was i hope it played all right yeah i mean it did it did um the the tito one was a little a little low a little low yeah but uh this one came out a little better it was weird though because while you were playing and the doctor was talking you could hear chuck in the background right that's what i'm talking about and i guess that was him talking to the redhead you want to try and hear that (laughs) no no listen again no no um uh, I don't know. It's odd. That that that's definitely a different type of training. But you know, when they say people have money, you know, they could they could do things that uh, other people can't do. But if Chuck's trying to find his speed from a doctor, that's probably not a good sign. By getting his brain to work. Right. That's basically what like they're saying here. We're trying to get the neurons to fire. You know, for what's been the thing with Do they like press a button and then it like sparks in his in his brain or something? They didn't show that part. But I didn't haven't watched the B roll yet. I can watch the B roll now. Oh man. That that's that seems odd. Oh he's oh, hold on. I'm gonna turn this down. But I'm watching the B roll now. So Chuck, it helps his neurons to fire better, faster, stronger. Get it? 
So this guy's like got Chuck wearing like a headset, like he looks like he's a fighter pilot, but in the, like he's in space. Okay. Okay. Uh, and it's perfect to sit because like it touches all of his head except the mohawk mohawk part down the middle. So that's that's, <laughs> that's good. You silly. don't want to mess that up. No, you can't. And Chuck's got a black eye in this video. Mm. He's got a good shiner, so he's been training. Yeah. Maybe they should have. Uh got his uh, neurons to move his head a little quicker out of the way of that one. Oh, man. Yeah, Jeff, i got to send you this video. This is amazing. <laughs> Hold on, what I'm going to do right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that that seems a little odd. You know, that's, that's definitely a different way to train. We haven't, uh, <clears throat> you know, we haven't... Uh, seen things like that before. But I just took a screenshot. I'm gonna see if I can send it to you while we're on this podcast on this podcast. <clears throat> How are you gonna try and send Skype? it? Uh <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you can. You could just put it on the, the message board. Um it's not a, admittedly it's not a good photo. There are better photos, but you you just get the idea. So, any other uh, groundbreaking training? Not that Thanks. I noticed. Not that I noticed. Um, look, I think it's interesting that Oscar De La Hoya is promoting this fight. Um, he's he's definitely had influence over a lot of fighters from Southern California, and, and Tito Tito was one. Remember, Tito bought his house. Remember? No, I don't remember that. In Big Bear. Oh, that was that was Oscar's. That was Oscar's. Yeah. Have his training camps and stuff. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. I used to be a big fan of Oscar when he fought. A lot of people were. Yeah. Understandably so. He was a great fighter. He's an action fighter. You know, he was gold won the gold medal, the golden boy. Yeah. Yeah, I Come used on. to love to watch him fight. I remember my dad used to be upset. My dad didn't like him. Um you know, cuz my dad was my my dad was Mexican. Like he was 100% Mexican and it was kind of funny because they kind of hated on Oscar a little bit. Like he wasn't a real Mexican. It was kind of weird. Yeah. Maybe it was a little racist. You know? Yeah. There was, They're like, a he's not a real Mexican. No, I you know. know. He's no Julio Cesar Chavez. Oh, I see that thing now. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> How does that, does that like just stick on his head? Like, yeah, it's on both sides. I should get you a better image. No, no, I know. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Uh, it is, but at the same time, hold on. I want to get you the one where we're straight. So out. then he just shadow boxes like with that on, or I gotta fast forward through the B roll to see. Does he put a VR, you know, set of goggles on or something, and sees, you know, Tito's right coming at him, bobs and weaves and hits him. Interesting. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what he does. <laughs> Where's this doctor from? Does it say? Got to be somewhere in Orange County, right? Yeah, damn it. Now I'm, like, obsessed with getting the perfect screenshot. Oh, <laughs> uh, This should be the photo when the when the podcast gets posted. Why does it do that? It's jumping on me. Well, you know, I mean, there, there's always new ways to do things. Maybe Chuck's starting a new thing. You know? Maybe... Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> Maybe when uh, GSP. Whoa, I almost, ah, I almost sneezed. Um, maybe when GSP comes back again to fight Connor, he could put one of these things on his head. Bring back the old, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, oh, all right, this is it. This will be right here. This is perfect. It just is meant to be this way. <laughs> yeah, I think it takes a while to send, but... Uh... No worries. I, I know how to do it. Uh, sorry, this is terrible radio, but this is so fun right now. Yeah. That's all right. It's coming, Jeff. Okay. Move on. Is there anything else on this card? The, the... Uh, here it is. <laughs> Chuck has a weird, like, smirk on his face. Too. I know. That's why I want to send one where he was kind of, like, smirking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he does have a nice shiner. I wonder who gave that to him. I don't know. Huh. Uh, AJ McKee. Maybe. Aaron, Aaron Pico. Maybe. I doubt he's uh, sparring with those guys, but you never know. Well, he looks fit in the shoulders. I mean, look, I'm sure Puck and Chuck. Puck. I'm Puck. sure Chuck can. Uh, remember he does Puck. look a little bit like Puck. That's, yeah, maybe that was in my head right there. Yeah. You know? um, a lot of people have no idea who Puck is. That's okay. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah, if you don't know who I'm he is, you don't deserve to know who he is. <laughs> exactly. Is that a picture of Rhonda right behind the doctor Maybe. on the wall? Did she get brain neural energy too? Maybe. She's going to need it after getting, uh, after this weekend where she got that, her neck was all caught up in that chair and then got stomped on. Surprised she's still alive. Um, well, I don't know what happened, but I'm sure that that's not real because it's pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's Ronda or not. It kind of looks like her a little bit, but anyways. I like that smirk, though. I just keep looking at it. <laughs> that's the smirk of a confident man. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to get to hit Tito Ortiz again. You can just see him. He's got his hands coming together. You know? they're, like, they're like building Chuck, making him bionic. Well, Tito called himself the million-dollar man after all the surgeries and stuff. Hmm. So which one's more bionic? I don't know. I don't see any things on Tito's head. That's not very nice. <laughs> oh man, I I don't know. I don't I don't know what to think of this fight. But like I've said from the start, I want to see it. So you're buying the pay per view then? Yes. You're not. Well, I'm I'm doing I'm doing beat down out to the bell with TJ. Man, so. just drive down to L.A. <laughs> Come on. Then, then I can't do beat down after the bell with TJ. Just do it over the phone with him. Oh, he wouldn't do that. That would no. be too, uh, just wouldn't be. But, um, yeah. Jordan uh, Breen can fill in because he just chopped on mine. He can hop on yours, too. <laughs> you seemed a little uh, aggravated by that when I was listening. Yeah, it, was, it was funny. Jordan has a way of taking things over. By the way, just to let you know, we have a long ass email from J Tan. Uh oh. All right. I guess we deserve it. But uh, you know, maybe we should talk a little bit about UFC Fight Night 140 since. But Hold on, there's literally but you nothing never else gave on the me card. A, you you never gave me a 
an answer. I don't, have a, I don't have a prediction for it. I have no idea. I'm the same way as you. I don't know what the hell this fight looks like. No, I'm taking I, – I guess I can't say. I guess I'll I mean, it, it almost feels like if you're going to say, I'm taking Chuck Liddell to win the fight, that almost, it's like it's – you feel kind of – I don't know. It makes you your stomach feel weird. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, for me, to, for me to say right now, Jeff, man, Chuck Liddell. <laughs> I like it hurts. Like it's weird. I get queasy <laughs> just saying it. I'm not. I'm not even messing around right now. That's well, concerning. You, I I didn't read the story, but I saw a headline from I think MMA Junkie or something from Do- Oscar De La Hoya. I I, I was going to call him Doctor too, Doctor De La Hoya. Um, Oscar De La Hoya that said, "You never tell a fighter when to retire." Hey, all right, okay. So, I mean, look, they they know more than anyone what the price is. That they know that, and they know what the deal is. It's like, mm-hmm. so I get it. But then, who get who gets to tell the fans like you don't have to watch? It's okay not to watch. Who tells? Yeah. Is that like Dana. am I the asshole for saying that? No, Dana. That's Dana's famous line. Well, all right, F- fair enough. He says it a little different than you did. Some, some stuff. Yeah, probably. Yeah, like you stupid motherfuckers. I don't tell you to watch everything. That's Dana. Okay. Um, I don't know what he said or didn't say really. Um, what did? did has, I'd be surprised if he said don't watch this fight. Yeah, Oscar. Oscar would never say that. No, 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 Dana. Oh, Dana. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I don't think he think... hasn't said a word about it, and that's the worst kind of thing he could do. If he said fuck this fight, it would be good for the fight. Yeah, I. I'm wondering, you know. Hasn't anybody asked him? I mean, he doesn't really do scrums anymore, right? I'm um, sure they asked him. I think they must have, and I don't think he gave much of an answer. Yeah, because I haven't seen anything. Yeah, he's not. He's not going to add to this. I bet yeah. he's a part of their story. I mean, you can't separate Dana from Tito and Chuck. No, no, he should be the ref. Oh man, for sure. Then I'd pick Chuck. <laughs> if Dana was the ref, I'd be like, yeah, Chuck Liddell's going to win. <laughs> So when 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 you go to think of a winner though, you just picture nobody. Quentin Jackson, Keith Jardine, Rashad Evans, Ruan, Rich Franklin. Like you can't get those visions out of your head, right? What do you mean? Of Chuck getting you just know getting plastered by those guys? Yes. No, I can because like he's he's got Tito Ortiz's number. But no, he's not. I mean, Chuck is Chuck's far gone. Chuck is not anywhere near like uh, you know what we remember Chuck Liddell to be. Right. The Iceman? No, he's not. He's not. He's an old, broken down version of that. It's horrible to say. But do you think that maybe his body has had a time to? Yeah, sure. He's probably in good shape. But you know, you you take things differently. Chuck always had a good chin, and then he didn't. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that doesn't like really recover. Not really. Now, it's the what's the deal? What's Chuck always said? What's everybody always said about Tito? He can't hit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it stacks up. Is like, yeah, Chuck. I guess Chuck could win. I mean, maybe he turns into George Foreman. Hmm. Shit. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen with Chuck. Let me ask you this question without you looking. Okay. Do you have any idea what Tito's record is? 
Tito Ortiz's record? Yeah. Uh, no, not. I mean, not straight off the top of my head. I mean, he's in the neighborhood of twenty wins and. How many losses do you think he has? Mm, five to five to ten, maybe six or seven. Twelve. Twelve losses. That was that was a little surprising to me. Well, he also went through a bad stretch, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. When was that? Evans, Nog, Forrest. Yeah. Uh, we were at that Forrest fight, or was that the rematch? Machida. That was the rematch. Machida, okay. Forrest, Hamill. Yeah. yeah, so he had two, three, you know, three losses in a row. But then you go Chuck, loss, Evans draw, Machida loss, Griffin loss, Hamill loss. Right. So that was a bad stretch. I have no doubt that, Bader, that Tito, I have no doubt that Tito physically is better right now than he was during that during that time. Yeah, probably. Healthier. Healthier, Yes. Much yeah. better conditioned everything. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. So, is Tito going to stand in front of Chuck? Is it a five it... round fight? No, fuck no, three rounds. Three rounds. Yeah. Okay. Fucking five round fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Tito's going to stand in front of Chuck. So again, is he going to be all stiff and tight, or is he like what now? Because he's got the boxing with Jason Perillo now. He's gonna. He's gonna put accommodations together on Chuck the entire time he's standing in front of Chuck he's going to be like don't get knocked out by Chuck don't get yeah, knocked out by Chuck, Chuck Chuck's don't get knocked out by Chuck yeah Chuck's neurons are going to be knock him out now <laughs> firing at half speed <laughs> oh no well everybody worries about Chuck's neurons <laughs> it's hard we're making fun of this I mean these are two of the greatest fighters we've grew up with and we watched and who's making fun didn't we are? I'm being serious. Did, didn't they? All yeah, right. Didn't they? Uh, didn't Tito say it'd be embarrassing if they fought when they were like 50? Oh, I don't know. I think he did. Well, they're not 50 yet. <clears throat> for 43. Now. And do you know how old Chuck is? Chuck's 48. 48. 48. <laughs> Do you think he's got a new pair of Iceman shorts, or is he wearing one of the old ones? Uh, no, I'm sh- I'm sure they look like the old ones, but they're new. Mm. By the way, did you notice I saw like photos of T. Ortiz? I guess he's like really good with the uh, uh, deep sea fishing stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. And marlins and all that. Yeah, he posted Instagram and. and... But it, but if you look at his Instagram. Every time he goes deep sea fishing, he's wearing punishment shorts. Every I mean, single time. I, I think that's all he wears. Different colors, maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe I shouldn't be so surprised. Yeah, I think that's he's all go, he wears. He's going to go out to the ocean for some whoop ass, and he's wearing his punishment shorts. Right. Get some pumped up. Yeah. So he doesn't get tired reeling those marlin in, because that's tough work. Yeah. I saw someone, I think it's one of one of his guys, said, Tito Ortiz doesn't go fishing, he goes catching. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Well, I don't know. Look, maybe he caught a payday, Jeff. Maybe this is the biggest fucking check he's ever going to get in his career. Well, and and if that's true, that's great for both of them. Yeah, sure. Sure. You know, I I just hope that neither of them desperately need this. 
I don't think Tito desperately needs it. I don't I don't know what Chuck's situation is, but um he's fighting for a reason. You know, Chuck's always apparently, apparently the way it came together was uh Tito and Oscar had a meeting, Tito expressed interest. They got Chuck on the phone, he's like, he'll do it, and boom, like a week later it was on. You know? Yeah. Chuck Tito, turn Tito said he's doing down. Chuck a favor to get him a payday. <laughs> maybe. If he wins, if Tito wins, maybe he could say that after. Yeah. I think he's already said it. So, but it won't mean anything if Tito gets fucking knocked out. Um, so do you think both of them, regardless of who wins, makes the press conference after? I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. That's all I got for you in that one. Yeah, me too. I hope they can both make it. Yeah. Be a much um, better press conference. On that on that note, do you have a favorite memory of either of the first two fights? Do the fights stand out to you in any kind of great way? They were never great fights to me. Tito always seemed like a second away from hyperventilating, and then Chuck <laughs> was just like, I'm just going to catch him at some point, and it, that's what happened. Tito always seemed very nervous. Very tense. Yeah. Maybe he's not going to be tense this time. Because yeah, I think it was. I think it was very. uh, You could totally see it before. Like even with his arms, his arms were like tensed up. Like sure. um, Like he was not. I know he wasn't scared, but very cautious and um, just wasn't himself. And if he goes in there like that again. That's going to be crazy. I, I think it, at it, least it, now Tito, he'll be more relaxed. I mean, he's going to be relaxed, or is he going to be thinking, okay, man, you've got this. He's 48 now. Like, we can't get knocked out by this guy, you know? <laughs> be even more cautious. Yeah, I hope he not. doesn't want to get knocked out by I hope Tito fights an MMA fight. Tito's a great MMA fighter, and, he, you know, he was best when he would grapple people and take them down. It's hard to take down Chuck Liddell, but I feel like Tito Ortiz could take him down. Right. Well, wouldn't and, that uh, be a good way to check Chuck's – you know, shape, cardio, try and yeah. put him on his back a couple times. Yeah, for sure. See if you thing. tire him out, you know, because a tired fighter, you know, you're the problem with fights like this is both him. guys walk in knowing oh, it's for the, it's entertainment. Like whoever wins or loses doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't, it really doesn't matter whoever wins this fight. What Chuck loses the fight. Oh, okay. Tito got, Tito got his thing. They made money. Tito loses the fight. People are like, Oh, Chuck's the greatest Tito. Yeah, whatever. He couldn't beat Chuck, you know? Right. Right. It's it's one of those two things happens. Yeah, it's uh, I I mean even all this talk makes me look forward to it a little bit more. Oh now. my god. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Gross. Well, that's you gonna happen. Sold yeah, look. I Everyone listening is gonna be like, yeah, we're gonna watch it. I we talk myself gonna watch into it the before. fights, and sometimes I know better, but I talk myself into the fights for sure. I had I had no interest. I swear to God, Jeff, I had like no interest. Until the, like I got the assignment earlier yeah. today, and then I was like, "Oh man, okay, I gotta look, I gotta." Yeah, because I remember when I told you this was gonna happen, way back when. You broke the news. <laughs> and you said, I'm "Not even come joking. on." You broke the news. You're like, "Come on." Yeah. You were like all down. You're like, "No, we don't want that don't know. to happen. We don't want to see mean, that." I assumed. I assume inside the forum, when Tito Ortiz is about to fight Chuck Liddell this time. 
I'm not. There's not going to be like a huge moment of anticipation of like inside, like what's going to happen here. It's going to be like, oh god, what's what's going to happen? You know, that's what People the feeling is like. And I don't like that feeling, and I don't want that feeling. Yeah. People are going to be scared for the guys. They're yeah. going to be scared that Chuck's going to break Tito's neck, or Tito's going to knock Chuck out and hurt him badly. Both these guys are going to get up and walk away no matter what happens. But um, I don't know what that looks like. You know, do I want to see a fight where Chuck Liddell looks slow when he does not accurate and he can't land shots and, you know, or maybe his power is not there? I don't know. Why do I need to see a guy like that lose to Tito Ortiz? I like I, if Tito wins this fight, I don't think Tito gains anything in his career. He's had an amazing career. This fight does nothing really except to say Tito Ortiz was always a businessman and he always stuck up for himself. And he still had the potential to make this this money, and he did it. And respect to Tito for that. Well, but, he'll like, be able he'll be able to say he won. He he finally beat Chuck. Chuck hadn't fought in six years. He's forty eight years old. Like you can't. There's <laughs> not like a lot. You can't really brag a lot about that. You just can't. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tito will. Uh, okay. Okay. Tito's got to know if he wins this fight. It's not like the same thing. Now that you're covering this event, because I know that you didn't care about it and you didn't want this to happen, have you been doing any research, like, besides watching them make Chuck's neurons work faster? No, um, this all just happened in the afternoon, so I, I haven't had a chance. What research would I, should I be doing, Jeff? Well, no, I'm just asking you if you know anyone else on the card. Oh, uh, Deron Wynn. Okay. I want to see him fight. Okay. Um, so, and he's fighting a UFC vet. Yeah, it's Tom Lawler, right? Yeah, Tom Lawler. Yeah. So, like, I mean, that's which will have a great entrance. Win Win is one of these props, but another AKA guy, you know. Mm-hmm. So I want to see him. Um, but other than that, it's not. I didn't. I didn't get a lot. I mean, I don't. Who's the? Uh, Glayson Tebow. Oh no! I guess Efron Escadero. Okay. Good fighters, look you know, at the, competent, look at, competent fighters. Like, look at okay. how many times these guys have been in the ring, though, between them. Oh, a ton. Efren, 29 and 13. Yeah. T-Bow, 33 and 14. Of course. So wow. that's that's exactly why I care the, so little about this fight. Yeah. I, is that, like, I feel like sometimes I'm unfair. But there's so much MMA now. You know, we'll, we'll get out of this show talking about Argentina, but the whole... The whole weekend was wild. There was like big MMA all over the world, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, kind of rundown of what that was like. So for me, it's like I have to really, I'm really picking and choosing what I what I have time for. And that mm-hmm. sounds super spoiled and like weird, but that's just where I am right now. Well, I think that's where a lot of people are. I get it. You know, but you also can't, you, you can't watch to pay, like, pay, more, pay more attention than that, but. I don't know. Well, you can't watch everything anymore. Not really. I, I, I don't think that we need to pay more attention because I'm guessing, and maybe I'm completely wrong, most of the people that listen to us um, want to hear what we have to say about the UFC. Yeah, probably for the most part. But yeah. there's a lot of MMA happening, and you know you lose touch with it really quick Yeah, uh, if you don't pay attention. Um, you know, we always try to cover everything that was happening that was going on in different parts of the world back in the sure dog days. I think that's important. Oh yeah, we did. 
including it, the, including the regional circuit. A lot, a lot, a lot of, of the regional circuit because it was important, you know. Yeah. And um, it really doesn't seem as stuff. important anymore. It's LFA is like the feeder into the UFC or Dana White con- Tuesday Night Contender Series. Yeah. So that's how you get into the UFC now, basically. And then, um, you know, I, I I think these fighters are coming through the amateur ranks, and there's a ton of MMA all the time, every freaking weekend, nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to really pick and choose. And for me, like, I'm, you know, Tito and Chuck is why you tune in on a the Saturday night of Thanksgiving weekend, which is not a big fight night. It's never right. been a big fight night. But, you know, lucky for these guys, Tito's, it's it's local, basically, for both. Chuck lives in L.A. now. Yeah. You know? Just grab a turkey leg. Local L.A. card. Sit down in the fights. We'll miss you, Jeff. What, what, yeah. You know, you know what? It's kind of weird, some of the records of these guys. Um, yeah, like Ricardo what? Palacios is 1-0. And he's fighting Wallel Washington, who's 11-6. and six. Right. Um, Kenneth Berg is six and zero, fighting Jorge Gonzalez or George Gonzalez, probably Jorge, is zero and zero. Yeah, I don't know. Is that weird? I mean, Aaron Pico was fighting guys like. I think it's a little 20, weird for California for Andy Foster. Yeah, I feel like Andy Foster. You know, they they're doing this one night tournament in Fresno, Jeff. I know. They're kind of like Andy's like an old school MMA guy at his heart. I think like he feels with some time and with the legitimacy that he's built up, I feel like he's going to be more lenient, more liberal in terms of like allowing things to go and maybe some pushing some boundaries of what MMA looks like. That's why I feel like Andy Hop Foster is in his heart. Hmm, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, on on the prelims, you have Jason. to sanction a one night. Eight man tournament. I'm, I'm I'm surprised. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm really surprised that Andy did that. Yeah. Um. By the way, if you want to hear more about that, I did an interview with Campbell McLaren on uh, Gross Point Blank. I'm so, Campbell listen. McLaren. Yo. <laughs> He's a character. Um. So great interview, <laughs> and it, we talked a lot about like the week after UFC one. You know how, how they were reacting, what they were doing, what their thoughts were. <clears throat> So kind of in a little different perspective coming out of the 25th anniversary, if you want to check that out. i got to record that commercial next time it comes on and send it to you. Because he's running a lot of those uh, tournament commercials up where you are, right? Oh, there, there's a ton of them. Yeah. There was a bunch of them um, during football this weekend. So that can't be cheap. Um, well, so Cam I'm, McLaren says that uh, Combate America is the number two promotion in the world. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I, I, I have some bad news for him. Um, not one person that I talk to about MMA locally has even said a peep about it. Right. And it's in, our, it's in our backyard. We'll see. And I didn't even know. You know how I found out about it? We were driving down the freeway and my girlfriend said, look at that billboard. And it said something about three fights in one night or, or I don't, I don't even know what it said. I, I, I don't even think it said anything about fights. And I was like, what is that? Um, and, and then we saw it later and then we saw the commercial. And I was like, Oh shit. Cause I didn't know till I saw the billboard. But of course I would know now because they showed, they've been showing a shitload of commercials, but like a couple of my friends that 
watch UFC and and take notice, um, I would think if they seen the commercials, which I know they would have, especially my one because my one friend because he just had surgery and he's been in bed doing nothing but watching TV, and I would think that he would call me and be like, "Hey, what the hell is this?" He probably thinks it's like pro wrestling or something. Weird. Because Campbell kind of comes off a little bit like like that, you know? like Yeah. They know. were down in uh, Monterey, Mexico this weekend. Yeah. It's nice yeah. down there. I've been yeah, there yeah. once. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he basically does like a combination of, of pro wrestling feel uh, with real fights. Right. That's, and nothing wrong but, with that. And mostly, mostly like striker first fighters. Right. That's that's what he's looking for. Yeah. He just needs to get he 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 just needs to get more eyeballs. Well, he sounds he sounds like he's got a ton. Well, you they know, remember, people always remember say for that. like Yeah, but he's he's got more distribution than most people, especially throughout well, Mexico yeah, that's and Latin great. America. That's great. How many have you watched? A few, but yeah. they're not intended for me. Right. They're not so, they're not designed for you. So when when when, when people make a big deal and say, oh, we're the number two promotion, like, okay, I get it. You know, if I can get uh, on channel three in Russia on Saturday night at two in the morning, I could have a possibility of, you know, six million viewers. Not that those six million viewers are going to watch and be like, I'm the number two promotion in the world. Like, yeah, okay, I, I, I get the numbers. I understand that, but you're really not. I don't know. I mean, I, I think they were on a, on Univision at like 7 p.m. or 8, yeah. something like that. So there's a big they, – they do pretty decent numbers, and you can't – Bellator did no ratings for their card in, in Israel. Right. Uh, I'm sure. And um, they, they, they still, they're, they're still on delay. Like, But even, even then, I, it actually did better ratings than the live card that, with Michael Chandler on it. So really? the delay or not delay didn't mean anything. <laughs> Uh, they know that, um, but that drew a huge audience in Tel Aviv. I think it was. I think. Yeah. Um, obviously, the UFC was in Buenos Aires. That you know that card didn't end until like two forty-five in the morning, but it yeah, was still a pretty crazy. decent sized car, car, uh, crowd there. Yeah. Um, there was ten. 000, I think I mentioned before there was like ten thousand people came out in Prague to watch a night of MMA. Packed yeah, that's crazy. Did they have a that's, fashion show and? the middle did they i don't know i'm asking you isn't that oh, where they I have like know. a lot of fashion shows and stuff oh prague's a lot i don't know anything about prague 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 is a beautiful city in, in europe um, yeah. and there are very fashionable fashionable people there yeah i i know that i've seen on tv some fashion shows from there that's why i said that um i didn't know you watch fashion not shows. that i'm up on fashion shows you sure <laughs> i've watched a few <laughs> okay. I just looked uh, for the wardrobe malfunctions. I'm sure, Jeff. You know, there's better ways to go about that, but enjoy the fashion show. <laughs> so I don't know. There's you know, like these these fights all over the place. What really matters? What doesn't? I mean, it depends on who the audience is. And for me, like, you know, I'm. I don't know that I was gonna watch the fight this weekend if if someone didn't knock on my door, ask me to cover it. Honestly. Yeah, you would have. Ah, I, I don't know why I would. I would have felt really weird paying for this fight you would have went to a bar what bars are going to show it there will be be some 
It's on like fight.com or something. Hmm. The pay-per-view. I don't think it's a cable pay-per-view, is it? I, I, I don't know. I know it said fight TV, but it's got to be, uh, I don't know. It's got to be on regular, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, it's I mean, is Oscar thing. just writing a check for these guys then? Uh, I'm sure I'll know more about it tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know. So you're going to come to Fresno then? Live pay-per-view. No, probably not. <laughs> Why? You're going to go see your boy. I'll go with you. Who's my boy? Campbell. No, I don't need to see, No. Campbell comes to L.A. if I go see him. Uh, he's, not, he's like, not my boy. <laughs> I know. I was just being a smart ass. I know. Trying um, to get you to come up here. Yeah, I'm not sure. Does December 7th? Uh, I don't even know. I've seen the commercial 973 times, and I just know that it's a Save Mart Center, yo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, know. What were your, uh, real quick, we jump into this Argentina card. I, I enjoyed the card. I thought it was good. And then, um, you know, for Santiago Pontanibio to to win that fight in Argentina. Um, nice, nice performance from him. He's 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 ready for a step up in a, in a tough weight, weight class, right? Uh, I, I, I'm guessing so. Yeah. He looked good. I mean, Magny's no slouch, that's for sure. No, and, and the approach was really good. The approach yeah. was really smart. and um, I, I, It was excellent, excellent win. He's on a nice streak. Now, do you see him into a title shot right early, or did like he needs a couple wins to go, or what? I think he probably playing? needs a couple more wins. Like put him against uh, Rafael dos Anjos or uh, Kamara Usman, whoever wins that fight. Yeah, like that. It's, yeah, he's he's gotta have. I mean, Magny's Magny's solid, you know, very solid. But he's gotta he's gotta get one. He's gotta, you know, beat one of the real good guys that are, you know, top four. Right, and guys who have a name because there are good guys. Um, right. Working the way up the other way, like uh, just the the fight before um, the main card with Michelle Prezeris. He's a de- he's a scary looking dude. He was scary at 155 at 70. He's like a what a fire hydrant, right? Yeah, that and that's exactly what he looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he's kind of short and stocky. He's like a uh, SpongeBob. I want to see him fight the winner between Rafael dos Anjos and Kamara Usman. I, I, I'd be happy with that, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I was really surprised when when they said that – did you see the names that he was up there against? Eight straight wins? Mm-hmm. Like how many people saw that? Because even me, I mean, I know that he's been having some wins and, and, and fighting well, but I really had no idea it was eight fights in a row. Right. Yeah, the he's, thing he's is, this guy's that. 37 years old. For sure, it's got to happen. No, I'm not saying that he's going to end up at the top tier of the welterweight division. I'm not. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't going to end up at the top tier of the lightweight division. Probably not. But he's really hard to to beat. You know, he's one of those guys. So I, at some point, he'll run up against somebody who's going to have his number. Right. You know, it hasn't happened yet though. Not in a while. Well, not since Kevin Lee. Right. And Kevin Lee's good. Kevin so, Lee's very good. Yeah. Um. The rest of this card, who jumped out to you? I thought there were some stand-up performances, but who who jumped out to you? Johnny Walker. Yeah. Plus, it made for a funny tweet. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, Lamas. I've always been a fan of Lamas. I mean, going back to the WEC days, I always liked to watch Lamas fight. He was he was my type of fighter. Like he right. came in hard nosed, hard worker. Um, not very many people just ran over Lamas, um, and nobody runs over Elkins. I mean, you got to kill him. Ugh. So. Um, yeah, I mean, that was the good and bad of this fight. And I, and I even sent a tweet out about that. You know, like, as an MMA fan, I enjoy watching Darren Elkins fight. But as an adult, it concerns me. Right. So, yeah. uh, just when I watched a 60 Minutes about an ex-NFLer, um, you know, struggling you know, to even speak or do anything now, but he doesn't regret it. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I just, um, the, I don't know how to say his last name. Ian Hinnish. Is that yeah. how you say his last name? Hinnish? 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 Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, number six, eight, seven, zero, two. Was that his number? Maybe. At Rikers, I'll tell you that was trying. I was trying to be funny, gross. Um, no, it was good. It was good. I was going to let you keep going with it, though. <laughs> um, amazing story. I read it, and even though it was very long, um, that was really, really crazy. The story that uh, he put out about uh, everything that he's gone through, starting when he was 19 years old. Um, about him being in prison, being on the run. Um, and it just really surprised me reading that story afterwards, thinking he's a UFC fighter now. Kind of, It kind of blew me away a little bit. Yeah, he, um, he published a story on the Players' Tribune on November 15th. I would highly recommend you go find his story and, and read it. Yeah, everyone that I sent it, Yeah, everyone that I sent it to that read it, they're like, holy shit. I'd be like, yeah, I mean, it's like, and he's fighting in the UFC and he won, you know? So, so kind of crazy, kind of a, a crazy, crazy story there. And, uh, obviously the, the UFC had to know about this. Um, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I get people do their time, people, you know, whatever, but if you're, I, this is fighting though, you know, so it's not like. You're you're hiring him to do brain surgery on people. Um, it is a little different, but uh, you just wonder, you know, when when you when you get so many people that do crazy things in their life, um, you know, when something crazy happens later, you, people will be like, man, you know, how how did you not think that was going to happen? But you know, who knows? We see Conor McGregor throwing dollies through windows and. Uh, you know, he wasn't even in Rikers. No, he didn't get Rikers. Connor and Rikers, I don't know. This guy in Rikers seemed to do all right. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly. But he's someone to watch, and his story is amazing and uh, interesting for him to put it out on this platform the way he did. It's been a big platform for a lot of athletes to share their stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think uh, uh, I think this was a nice introduction. Great timing. Seems to have kind of a a push behind him, you know, and he's 11 and one or it's an interesting story. Yeah. 
Yeah, no question. You know, and, and, and something about going to prison and doing your time, a lot of people will forgive you. Right. Be And he was young. So you're like, okay, he's turned over a new leaf, you know. But, you know, when you're still, when you're signing guys like Greg Hardy, too, it's like, ah, they don't give a fuck about anything. I mean, they'll, they'll, if Lee Murray got out tomorrow, they'd probably sign him. Um, someone would, and that'd be pretty incredible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, this, this guy was dealing a lot of drugs and, you know, 10 years of his life. I don't know. The redemption story is a thing. It's got us talking about him. His story, you know, again, people read it if you haven't had a chance. So you ever been to Rikers is the headline. It's by Ian Heinisch. Oh, I thought you were asking me. It's going to be like, I was just going to run with it because I know you didn't know. (laughs) Yes, Jeff. Yeah, and, and uh, the fight before that, Marlon Vera looked good. It's it's always that's kind of a good uh, a feel good story as well. And I don't know if maybe I know a little bit more. Or I feel a little bit more about it because I'm I'm pretty good friends with Jason House and Jeremy Lucha, Luchow and, and Oyama and you know the stories about uh, Vera's young daughter that didn't have the muscles in her face to allow her to smile. And, you know, they went through all that to get her the surgery and he, you know, he, he earned the money and, and, and got her the surgery. And, you know, it's, it, that's kind of a, a feel good story. When you see somebody like that, when you're like, you know, he's a real, real strong family guy. Um, and, and you know, no, uh, no disrespect to his opponent or whatever, but when you see somebody win like that, you're kind of like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, upset the uh, the Argentine Guido Canetti in that fight. That was a good win for Guido. Him. To me, the Guido the the most uh, <laughs> the most impressive performance of the night to me, I think was Johnny Walker because he took on Khalil yes. Roundtree. He was a good fighter, dangerous yes. fighter, experienced fighter. This is what's happening with these Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series guys. They are being overmatched really early in terms of like name recognition and value. So if they win the fight, they get bumped up a few notches immediately. Mm-hmm. If they don't and they're competitive and they're fun, then people remember them. And that's exactly how these fights are being matched. And, and, and Walker took good advantage here. He he was clinical and dangerous and terrifying. And then he seemed to be like happy-go-lucky afterwards and kind of goofy. So, uh, Who did we'll he see call out? Up. Somebody uh, called the... <sighs> I don't even remember. I, I'd like to see him fight again soon, though. Yeah, uh, he called somebody out. I, I I think he called somebody out. the 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 interview was a little crazy, um, because he he seemed to be a little lost at certain points, and admitted it. Well, he wanted to speak English, so yeah, yeah, which is great. He should. I mean, definitely should. I I, I think the fans uh, take to them more when they try. And, and there was some things in there that like. Things were getting translated into like six different languages, and I was just like, "Come on!" Like, yeah, it was, it was a lot. Yeah, it was just like, "Stop, please stop." I don't oh, know. Cars. Maybe that's just me being an asshole, but I uh, think it is. I think it is. Probably. I mean, yeah. I, I I admit it, and I would take full responsibility. But um, how about Cynthia Calvillo? Um, did you see her early weigh-in video? Yeah, it was terrifying. You know, it's terrifying. What is there to say? Ban fucking weight cutting. It's terrifying. When is someone going to die? And, I don't know. And, and I never. And 
they're adults, it's probably not going to happen. But if they were kids, you know, there's been high school kids. Yeah. Yeah. But things like that are, are causing permanent damage. For sure they are. It's terrible. Now, but now, what Jeff, do you th- – Jeff, Jeff, please explain to me. You've been around weigh-ins and fighters and done this for a long time. Why do fighters have to weigh in? What do you mean why do they have to weigh in? Why do they fight at weight classes. Okay. Fight in the weight class, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a, a typical range, like 10 pounds, 15 pounds, sometimes 20 pounds. That's still the full weight class. Right. Come somewhere in there. Yeah. Why do fighters work so hard right to get to the limit, to the point that they're just killing themselves to get there? What's the benefit? What, why do it? I think most of it's mental. They it's feel weird. if they walk into the cage bigger than their opponent, they have a big advantage. And but if, if they there's w- two people weight cutting, there's no advantage there? Well, I mean, but you're, you're always trying to cut more than your opponent. It's a game. It's a game before the fight. I think I think it is a mental thing, but not for the reason you're stating. I think for the fighter, and I, I could say this maybe too about wrestlers. Some people I've spoken to over the years have said something like this. But for the fighter, and Pat Militich kind of talked to me this way about it. Um, it is the fight before the fight, mm-hmm. but it's not about doing all that work then to be like have a few pounds on your opponent. It's like the mental thing of you click, you made weight. Boom, it's time to fight. It's like sort of a switch. But I, I can't imagine that that's necessary, that that's a requirement of fighting, that fighters have to do this to their bodies 24 hours before they're going to go step in like one of the most arduous, difficult physical things you can ever fucking do. Mm-hmm. So I need to shed my body of water. I have to dehydrate myself before I do that. Why? I don't have a good I, – I can't come up with a good reason why. Yeah. You can still have title fights, you can still have weight classes, you can still have everything, but just no serious heavy water weight cutting. Why why? Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it's going to change until a large amount of fighters start fighting at their natural weight and being successful. Which I think that if a fighter comes in, um Right around the, they're walking around weight. You know, they stay in shape all the time. They're a professional. They they stay right around their weight class. They come in. They don't have a big weight cut or don't even cut at all. Walk in there, eat that night. You know, the night of of you know the morning of the fights or you know eat the morning of the weigh-ins and be fine and walk into the octagon and beat the shit out of their opponent. Multiple times, I don't think people are even going to think about it, meaning other fighters. Um, but I, I, I have to think like the body has to feel so much better. The, oh. the brain has to be in such better shape than when they're depleting all the water out of their skull. And, and, you know, their their brain looks like a raisin in there with no liquid. And then all of a sudden they're trying to refuel it back up and get all that liquid back in their brain. Like it, when you think about it that way, it's like, you know, what the hell are we doing? Band but, weight uh, cutting. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that there's I'm so you, this much. Is the, 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 I'm like at the forefront of this thing. Like the weight cutting will be banned in MMA in 10 years. And it just has to be. Well, I, I'm hoping it's before 10 years. Well, whatever. Because I think somebody's going to die soon. I don't know. 
I don't know if that's going to happen. But it's effective. I mean, you know, one doesn't have much of a weight-cutting issue anymore. They had yeah. a terrible moment, and they figured that out. Yeah. Hopefully that never, you know, that never happens in the UFC. But this is one of the areas the UFC really can't monitor about their fighters, and yet they'd be totally on the hook for. If a fighter in the UFC passed away while in the process of trying to make weight for a fight, the UFC's on the hook for that. On the, on, but what does that mean? That means publicly they'll have to answer for it and have to take steps to address it. And then it's like too late. So, you know, then maybe they seriously consider. But the question should be asked. Weight cutting is a thing from an ancient time that has always been associated with fights. Why is it still necessary today? Especially if you're going to have more weight classes. If you're going to add weight classes, why do you need weight cutting? Mm-hmm. If you're going to add weight classes, then you should really ban weight cutting. Yeah. They should go hand in hand. Because if you just add more weight classes but don't do anything with the weight cutting, you're going to have people now really going forward. So like, oh, that, that weight class is a little too tough. I'm going to go down here. Maybe. It's, yeah, you will. I, I, I think you have a little bit of both. Um, it was ugly, right? It was scary to watch that video. It was. It was. It was really scary. Um, she could like barely. She couldn't even like stand. I mean, she she needed help to step up onto the scale. Seriously. Um, you know, and she brought up that, uh, you know, she had started her menstrual cycle this week. Um, I'm wondering, you know, because we're we're starting to hear that more, uh, more women fighting, more women fights. Um, like I'm wondering how some women deal with that. We never hear, you know, we, but we do, we do see a lot of girls in Invicta missing weight. Um, and Shannon Knapp is like zinging them big time. But you know, if you remember early on, on Invicta, a lot of people were missing weight. I I'm wondering if there's something to that, you know, like, like if she, she started her period early this week and she said her body was retaining water. She woke up and was training for three hours straight before the weigh-ins and did not shed a pound. That is very, very, you know, unlike a professional athlete that's trying to cut weight. Yeah, it's dangerous stuff. Yeah, that's, that, very that's real. bad. So, very real. you know, I mean, is it worse for women? Uh, I mean, the they may have their own set of issues. It's equally dangerous. Uh, we've seen men really suffer for it. We've seen women really suffer for it. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know that it's measurably more dangerous on one side or the other. It's an issue both ways, right? Mm-hmm. The, the weight-cutting issue affects all fighters, men or women. Right. I, I, I totally agree with that, but I'm no, just... No, and I, I know what you're asking, and I, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know enough. It, it's, I've, heard, I've heard over the years, for sure. Yeah, I'd like I mean, to sit down and have a serious conversation with, you know, with with a woman that has cut weight over and over and dealt with both sides. You know, okay, this fight, you know, yeah, I've I heard fighter, some... I've heard, I've heard female fighters allude to it. Definitely made a yeah. difference. Yeah, you know, and it makes total sense. Crazy. That's already hard enough on the body, man. I mean, imagine. right. I know. And you got to go like drop all your water on top of that. Yeah, it's right. extremely difficult and dangerous. And then get it back and then fight. So why do it at all? That's yeah. where I'm at. That's where I'm at. It's, to me, it's the only reasonable answer. It may Maybe sound we should extreme just start asking every fighter that question. Why do you cut Which, weight? Well, would you be okay if you didn't have to cut weight is the question. Yeah. Could you live in a world as a fighter where you don't cut weight? You know? I, 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 I still stick to 
Someone weird about it. Militich was weird about it. He's like, do not ban weight cutting. Literally, he was calling me an idiot. I, mean, I probably am. Really? But I don't care. Well, he's like, been a wrestler his whole life. No, no, of course. I thought it was interesting. But then it, it, you get into that competitive mind switch thing that comes with weight cutting. Yeah. I, 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 I still think a lot of it's mental, too. If I walk into the octagon and I weigh 15 pounds more than my opponent, like even if he did less weight cutting, there's something in my mind that's going to tell me I'm bigger, stronger than him, and I'm going to win that fight. Keith Hackney showed us the way, my friend. (laughs) Yeah. No more groin strikes, though. It's true. It's too bad. Um, who knows? Some of these cards across the world, maybe. <laughs> Get them. What's uh? Yeah. Speaking of groin strikes, what's this email from J Tan? Uh, it's about Wayne to change. That what? that that is his. Uh, Wayne to change. Yeah, Wayne to change. Oh, Wayne to change. Okay. Waiting. W e i g h t i n g. Waiting to change. Waiting to change. Okay. So like you know pun. what it's about a little bit. It's a pun. Some something happening with a pun. Can you uh, can you can you give the email uh, if people do want to email into the show because we are going to lose our outsiders page, right? Or are we not doing that? I I think we will eventually. Yeah, probably sooner than later. Yes. So if people like we don't want people posting on there and then we're going to miss it. Email right. us if you have. Uh, well, email us mmaoutsidersshow at gmail dot com. No, there's no place on this between rounds radio thing. There is, too. just like our page. Same really, thing. but for us, like this show, or just in no, general? No, it's just all of them. It's we just, need our own, Jeff. That's not good enough. Yeah, I don't know if we can do that. Um, I mean, I think that's a question for Jack. Jack's kind of the pro at that, that stuff. Um, I was just starting to get it down on our page. Yeah, exactly. I finally I starting to like, get some polls and, and things like that. But, uh, yeah, you do a no. poll like three hours before the show. No. Well, why do you say that all the time? I think you just did it once, so I hold on to that. Probably. That's what I think did happen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's all it is. But uh, it's like I know you you've picked fights correctly, yet I continue to remind you about Elvis Sinosic and Tito Ortiz. This <laughs> is like what happened. Now maybe that's who Tito will fight if he wins. He already beat him though. Where's the challenge in that? <laughs> Frank Shamrock or nobody else? Right there, you go. Hey, how about that? I don't think Frank's interested. But go for it. Um. He, wow, he, he just puts my name. He doesn't say Maynard's. He says, Jeff, great job oh. on goading Josh into a Homer Simpson impression. You took the ball I set up with the costume. You, you took the ball I set up with the costumes question and ran with it in a ways I wouldn't have even thought to envision. I, I thought about you on the way to work today, Gross, because I was driving and I it was a radio station or whatever, and uh, they had they they started playing Homer Simpson uh, quotes or lines. It was from Homer talking, like sound bites, I guess. And uh, I I was like laughing out loud because I was thinking of you saying them, and I don't remember any of them except for one, and there's probably a reason why I remember that one. Um, are you up for trying one more? No. Come on. <laughs> you do it. He's like, mmm, donuts. Yeah, there you go. I think I did that last <laughs> See, time. Did you? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I sound nothing like Homer Simpson. 
But uh, yeah. yeah, I thought that one was pretty good. Who doesn't love a good donut? Um, I'm not sure what was tougher to watch this weekend. Cynthia Calvillo needing help to step onto the scale to weigh in or her post-fight celebration. Knowing that she's yet another example of a fighter not making weight, yet winning her fight. A few weeks ago, Tom Hughes brought up the perennial weight-cutting issue and figuring out effective punishments. I have mixed feelings about penalizing their fight purse more so than it is now, because sometimes unexpected factors alter a fighter's traditional weight-cutting process and striving to avoid that monetary penalization can result in ugly weigh-in situations like Cynthia Calvillo, Kevin Lee, and Max Holloway. But then you always have situations where once a fighter makes weight and is allowed to fight, they seemingly blow off the failure, like Sahari Eubanks, shrugging shoulders tweet that Jeff mentioned. Um, yeah, it, it, it does... I'll, I'll admit it puts off, puts me off a little bit. Not that that means anything or matters to anyone, but when a fighter misses weight and they win and they act like it's a humongous victory. Like I, I think if I did that personally and, and not that I, I can't even really relate, but I've been on a lot of winning things in, in my life. Um, if I missed weight, got penalized, and then happened to beat my opponent, I think I would still feel a little ashamed. Like, I wouldn't celebrate like I just hit the walk-off of the seventh game of the World Series. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it seems understandable. Hard to say, though. Imagine, like, you killed yourself to make weight, you didn't make weight, and then you go out and you still fight and win. That's got to feel huge. Yeah, and we've seen the did. UFC not penalize these fighters for it. Fighters have missed weight, and, and then the next fight they're fighting for a championship. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, it's you know it's still a big deal. And but she I'm with definitely, you. yeah, she definitely, she was hurting. She did not pull up reins early on that weight cut. She was, she was hurting. She was um, bad. Unless she's a fucking Academy Award winning actress. She well, she is. Special. She's doing the wrong. She's in the wrong business. Right. She should go to that. <laughs> right. She'd make a lot more money and not have to get yeah. punched in the face. Right. So this all leads to the idea that Joss has suggested, suggested to ban weight cuts. Oh, there but you go. How do you do this? Several years cut. back, Andy Foster and the CSAC hosted a weight cutting conference. Did you know about this? Yeah. I didn't I didn't know about this. And it included many different experts, including Josh Thompson and several other fighters, Jeff Nowinski, Corey Schaefer, Big John McCarthy, and others. Nobody came to a unanimous single decision on how to address the issue, but there were multiple ideas discussed, and I think implementing multiple ideas is the trick to changing this weight-cutting culture. Among the ideas were more weight classes, hydration tests during fight week, and an annual minimum weight class limit in which fighters could compete. 
the latter of which we had in high school wrestling and which I think is being woefully ignored by MMA. In fact, this was the meeting that led to the idea of early morning to afternoon weigh-ins. Strangely, this became bastardized to become early morning weigh-ins with a two-hour window, whereas the original idea proposed was to open weigh-ins from the morning to the afternoon, giving fighters a wider window to comfortably weigh in. The biggest pushback to eliminating weight cuts is the established culture that now exists, which comes mainly from amateur wrestling. It will be tricky to establish the idea that graduating from wrestling to MMA means competing at a healthy weight and foregoing that day before sense of starvation. But having fighters and coaches on board to encourage this shift in mentality is crucial. And I think the key to getting those fighters and coaches on board is going to require multiple, multiple facets of change that result in fighters feeling better overall. Once you get the talent on board with an idea, they are your strongest proponents in making the change stick with the younger generations. Until we can provide fighters with a set of parameters where they are comfortable not starving themselves and they're not worried that their opponent has some advantage by cutting weight, we're going to continue to see these drastic attempts by fighters and get every little advantage possible. Separate and unrelated, Jason came up with another good suggestion. Jason being the, uh, Jason Beltran that emails all the time. Jason came up with another good suggestion. So to that end, Josh, should the following titles be considered Christmas movies? Number one, Gremlins. Yes or no? By the way, good good email, Jay. Yeah, we'll go back. Question. We'll go back and do that. But uh, I, I feel if I have to get you to answer these questions now, or you'll just totally gloss over them if Jeez. we go back to the parts of the email. So, um, the, should the following titles be considered Christmas movies? We'll go down them. One by one, Josh. Gremlins. Yes. Trading Places. Yes. The Night Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. Silent Night, Deadly Night. The fuck I don't that? know what that is. I mean, sounds like some horror movie or something. I say yes. And of course, Die Hard. Yes. Damn. So they're all Christmas movies to you. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving, Maynards. They all take place during Christmas. You see, like lights or Christmas trees. It's a Christmas movie. Okay. Interesting. I mean, how else would you define it? Um, I don't re I don't remember watching Nightmare Before Christmas. I just know that uh, it was it literally has Christmas in the title of the movie. Anime, <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't mean anything, does it? It's Silent, all about Christmas. Silent it's Nightmare Before Christmas. Well, you said Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yes, you know, and then you said I don't even know what that is. Yeah, but it's obviously after Christmas fairy tale. <laughs> Come on. I, I definitely agree with Die Hard. Right. That would have definitely been a, a complete 100% yes for me. Now, the thing with that movie, I don't know that it had to be Christmas for it to be a great movie. Oh, they no, could have made it a different. They, they could have made it a different time of year. Right. And it totally would have been a great movie. Right. Trading so, Places you know, is a great movie, too. Trading Places is a Christmas movie. Yes. And a great movie. Yeah. One of the greatest. Same with Gremlins. Yeah. But the all-time greatest Christmas movie ever, hands down, Christmas Vacation. Of course. 
Jay best, knew not to ask about that. Best movie ever. So well, you, you are Clark Griswold. So like when you're doing the turkey like on Thursday, right? I know that it's like they never did a Thanksgiving vacation, did they? No, no. Vegas vacation was kind of like a Thanksgiving vacation, wasn't <laughs> right? It? Right, and then that had some very funny parts too. Of course, it was pretty. It was pretty bad. Not as bad as European vacation. Doctor Doctor Papa Giorgio. Right. Or Mr. Papa Giorgio. Yes, yes, Mr. Papa Giorgio. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a little bit of that yeah, blue. UFC Argentina. A little bit of that green over there. Yeah, cousin Eddie's the best. Yeah, um, cousin, sure. So, so you were you were aware of this this meeting? They had several meetings regarding uh, weight cutting. Um, they had special informational meetings about weight cutting. Uh, they had seminars about weight cutting. They've it's been a big issue for Andy Foster. Yeah, and he seems to be the one. That's being proactive and trying to figure out a way to 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 fix this. So say no weight cuts, open weights, ten man tournament minimum. <laughs> Six fights in one night, yo. Campbell was talking about the sixteen man tournament they had at UFC two. <laughs> yeah, remember that? Yeah. Huh. Um, I don't know if I want to see those anymore. I I mean I'm with you. I've I've said that for a long time. The best fighter doesn't win. Well, the best fighter that night does, I guess. No. It's usually no. the alternate. That has to fight one fight. Yeah. It's not a perfect system. And obviously it's, uh, I don't know. Who was the best tournament fighter you ever saw? <sighs> I have Hoist. a clear-cut one for me. Hoist. Hoist. I mean... He never had to drop out, right? That I remember, he never dropped out. Yeah, Igor um, is the answer. Igor, yeah, he, that was was that a thirty-two man tournament? Yes, bare knuckle. Yeah, he was punching people. Right. But, yeah, Hoist wasn't really punching anyone. No, Hoist would not have beaten Igor Vochanchian. Yeah, probably not. I forgot I about. That I don't tournament. think so. I forgot he fought in a few it. tournaments, a few big tournaments too. But his, was that rings? He was the best. He, no, no, it wasn't. It was like a Russian. He fought in I, IFC too. IFC did a big tournament in Russia. I used to have that VHS. Yeah. Hmm. Igor was the best bare knuckle puncher. Chuck is up there too. Chuck did a lot of bare knuckle MMA. So you think Igor would be the bare knuckle champion now? I mean, they'd probably probably roll him up there, see if he could fight. How old is he now? I'm going to his Wikipedia page. He can still fight, dude. I'm sure. He's only 45. He's younger than Chuck. Yeah, he's like a kid in kindergarten. (laughs) You're horrible. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So I'm trying to. Now, if Chuck was 50, would this have been acceptable? If Chuck was 50, I don't think they let. I don't think Andy Foster lets that. Why? Happen. What the hell? What's the difference in the two years? I, I think there's a lot. His neurons will be firing crazy in two and, years. <laughs> right. Well, if he wears that for the next two years, no one's gonna beat him. Oh, jeez. Um, no, and and this is coming from somebody that's 50. I know it's hard to, to even, even to fathom that I'm 50 oh, years sure old. Oh, sure, dog. 
Um, I I just think that five zero like people <laughs> not the cops. Um, people automatically think like you're just like old, like yeah, like no way you can't fight. You're fifty. I think the perception of of you know five zero is. I don't think it would happen if he was 50. I guess. I don't know. Well, it's happening. He's 48. And uh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen in a couple of days. Yeah. So that was IFC 1. Combat so. in Kiev. Yeah. Yeah. He, so he, he, was, he, went through, he went through a few big tournaments. He fought Fred Floyd, Paul Varlins, and Big John Dixon. You know how he beat Big John Dixon? No. Submission retirement. You made him retire. <laughs> oh, John Dixon's a good guy. Yeah, all these were tournaments. But that was, so that was a... Three. One, how many two, fights did he have that night? Three. Okay, so that was just an eight-man tournament? Yeah. But what was the one? He had a, he had a massive one. He may have... He, Alex Stiebling had the... One, two, that one. three, four. Four fights five, in one night. Did he have a fiver in there too? No. No? Four is the biggest. That was Absolute Fighting Championship. He fought the oh. same guy twice. What the fuck? See how these tournaments are? Alternates. Well, he fought the same guy twice. He beat the I same know. guy twice. I know. He was the alternate. <laughs> that was for somebody else. He lost this tournament. He didn't even oh. win. You know how he lost? Him. You'll never guess in a million years how he lost. Anaconda choke. Chin in the eye. Eye classic. I should have guessed that. <laughs> was it, was it Mark I thought Kerr? you said he was tough. He is tough. <laughs> that guy was... Uh, the, the, when, you, when you said he lost a chin in the eye, you, you thought I was going to say his opponent was a Noki, huh? Dan Bobish. <laughs> Um, Dan well, Bovich got poked in the eye every fight. I stand by what I said about Igor. I don't know. He was he was an incredibly dangerous tournament fighter, bare knuckle fighter. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking for a five fight there. No, four. Did is Alex Diebling have five? Was that down in Brazil or was that four two? I think that was four as well. I think that was four. Yeah. That was an anything go Valley Valley Tudo tournament. Yeah, that was that was that was crazy. Yeah. He could have did the chin and the eye. Let's see Andy Foster start doing those. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I didn't even think about that till you said it. That Andy Foster's actually allowing that. Hmm. Yes, sir. Interesting. Um, Next thing you know, he's going to allow bare knuckles here down here. Probably. I guess everybody's doing it. Did you see? Uh, did you see Lieben's knockout of Baroni? Excuse me. Yes, I did. How did you feel when you saw that? I don't know. A little sad. Yes, you do. A little sad. A little sad, right. Yeah. And I would have felt sad if it went the other way, too. Sure, I guess. Yeah, it was just hard. It's hard to watch. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know if you say it. I don't know if I would say it's hard to watch. It's just, I don't know. I'm, hey. I'm, I'm still trying to take it in. I mean, right. it's sanctioned. So, okay. I mean, you can't... <sighs> I mean, if if it's sanctioned, right? I mean, no. 
So you're saying it could still be bad even if it's sanctioned? Yeah, yeah. Now, why why would why would you look down upon bare knuckles and not MMA? I think we've had. I don't know if we've had this. No, we haven't on the show. Uh -uh. Um, Oddly enough, if it was open hand, bare fisted MMA, I'd be all right with it. Like palm strikes, you mean? Palm strikes, yeah. Or you could punch bare knuckle if you wanted to. I'd be I'd be on board with that. But just the bare knuckle boxing to me. It's my own. I'm not even trying to say like I got a good argument. It's my own preferences. Yeah. I'm not interested in watching it. Yeah. I'm just not interested in watching it, especially I, with I, fighters I, that I've, I've known who have taken a tremendous maybe amount. Maybe that's of maybe that's the issue for you. Well, that's that's one of the issues certainly. It's one of the issues why I, you know I wasn't so into this fight this weekend. But um, that's that's a big issue. I don't need to see Phil Baroni fight Chris Lieben in an MMA fight. I don't need to see them fight in bare knuckle fight. I don't need to see them fight in a thumb fight. I don't need to see them do anything. <laughs> Who do you think has longer thumbs? Chris Lieben. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that's the issue. You know, so maybe when they start getting younger guys that that go into the bare knuckles instead of they're MMA. Gonna get younger. That's, that's a sideshow shit, man. Did you see Boss Rutten's post about all the stuff that went down with his 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 experience? No, I he was didn't. Like, yeah, it's on. Go go to his page. You can read about all the stuff that went down with his bare. It's, it's, is he still, like he's it. still part like of it, it though, isn't he? I guess so. I don't like it because I find it to be unpalatable. Maybe I'm being a snob. Yeah. But it's lowbrow and it's like not I don't like MMA being associated with it. I'm weird. Maybe I'm being weird. Maybe you don't have to associate MMA with it. I don't see the connection. I don't understand why people would cover it. Other well, than, I, I don't think that people like combine the two. A lot of There's a lot of MMA ties now with this world, with this bare knuckle stuff. No question. They're well, be, because they're pulling the, the talent, you know, yeah, I mean, they're yeah, pulling guys from MMA. So, but I mean, that makes sense because, you know, they want guys that people recognize. Yeah. Also goes to my earlier point about Khabib and um, Connor boxing. The wow, we just came the, full circle. This show must be did, coming we, to an end. We did, and I really am happy to be doing that. And uh, <laughs> the economic model of, of uh, MMA is failed fighters. And yeah. so we see them now at the end of their career having to go bare-knuckle boxing or have to go off and try and make their own economics and MMA show without the UFC. Right. You know? Uh, to me, that's that's one of the biggest lessons that are it's so apparent apparent over the last 25 years, is that the financial model of MMA was not designed to lift fighters. That was not who the, that, that that did they did not benefit fighters first, mm-hmm. promoter first, promoter first, promoter first, and now we see the damage from that. Right. Ba- the balance has not been there for a long time, and now we're seeing fighters who have had long careers who don't have enough in the bank account, who didn't make enough money when they were putting themselves really out there and deserved it, having to struggle and do this shit later in life. It's hard. Yeah. It's a hard thing. Yeah, it is. That's how you come full circle, Jeff. Yeah, hopefully it gets better. Boom. Association up. Uh, I guess. You're going to keep getting fucked until you do it. Bottom line. Bottom line. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. going to be working at Home Depot. When you're 50 years old and your body's all beat down, unless you're Chuck Liddell, you'll still be Something's got to change the playing field. Yeah. Otherwise, this is just what's going to happen. Yeah. Fighters are going to – Donald Cerrone be do barrel-knuckle fighting eight years from now. 
Probably. How's that, How's Probably. that sound? Yeah. Sound good? Unless he gets a Connor fight. Then he's set for life. Yeah, then 10 years from now. <laughs> uh, yep. All right. I agree. I agree. It's, me depressed. it's sad, depressed, I know. I've depressed myself. Sure when, whenever you talk like that, I, I kind of feel like I'm a piece of shit deep down inside good. because I've been, covering, I've been covering this for forever. And now you're basically saying that it's fucked up to the fighters. They're going to grow old and broke and broken down and have to live on the streets and beg for food. Um, but we loved watching them beat each other's brains out. I'm glad you got my message. It's sad. Damn it. This is where we are now, 25 years. And let's not forget that. It's not at all about the new hotshot kid that's come in that's seen MMA and lived in the gym. We're seeing a lot of fighters leave. Yeah. We've already seen a lot of fighters leave, you know? This yeah. is not new, but just the, the number of fighters, the number of people who participate in MMA, the numbers exploded over the last decade. Yeah, it's only you know? gonna get worse. That's what's crazy. No question about it. But I hear Sean O'Malley makes four four thousand eight hundred dollars a month a month playing video games on Twitch. Some people do that, man. I don't. That's like the dream. Yeah, why fight? If I could, if I could make five grand a month playing video games, <laughs> shit. This doesn't seem dream. very. I don't know. This, in terms of like sustainable lines of work, I'm not so sure. What well, you can play video? You can play video games that even when, especially when you're 50. You think you're no way. The kids coming up will crush you. <laughs> well, so like the that's a problem because like playing video games, like the threshold is almost like women's gymnastics. Like you're probably washed up at 19. Well, the problem is, is that I would have to. And find... I say that no, not knowing. I know they have like teams now, and there's like people living in houses together and stuff. I know. It's yeah, business, but I would have to find some type of uh, some type of substance when I'm 50 playing against these 20 year olds. Like uh, I'll I'll be same, like ODing on taking. on Bennies or something. You don't know what Bennies are? They used to call them Greenies. They they used to take oh, them yeah, yeah. in baseball back in the day. Speed. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I would have to take, and and I would. You think I would, you think they're not taking it too? I would invest in that new contraption that Chuck Liddell uses. <laughs> that's the only way you win. <laughs> I'll know when to shoot before I even, my mind even thinks shoot. The neuron enhancer. <laughs> now we've really become full circle. It looks like straight out of Total Recall, man. <laughs> it does. Go, I gotta. I'm gonna. I may post some tweet screenshots on, on Twitter. I don't know. Let's see. Yeah, tweet it. All right. I'm gonna find out more about it tomorrow. I'm gonna go to the press conference and I'm gonna ask him about it. All right. You come with a full report next Monday. We'll do that. All right, Jeff, have a great Thanksgiving. Hope everybody listening to this have a tremendous Thanksgiving. Uh, thank you, as always, for the support. Um, we really, really appreciate that. We hope you're enjoying the Between Rounds radio. And um, any final words, Jeff? No, have, uh, enjoy yourself. Spend time with family this week. Take care. Cares. Be well. Be well. All right. Later. <laughs> Bye. You've been listening up, Ladders. <laughs> have a good Thanksgiving. <laughs> 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.